Blog Talk Radio. Aloha. Welcome to Talking Pictures. This is the Turner Classic Movies Film Festival. Preview number one, but I'm taking a look at day number two. Uh, Talking Pictures was covering Newport Beach Film Festival, and we were unable to take a look at day one. That's where the great sad movie saying comes from, as you can't see them all. Uh, Many of us at TCM wish we could see them all. That's why we come out every year. Uh, We are fortunate that this is our fifth year as credentialed media, uh, fourth to attend. Um, Had to handle some business last year, unfortunately, but we are back. Never left. TCM makes you feel like a family. So before I roll into this, thank you to uh, Chris with the PR team, all the Chelsea's, and uh, Gladys. Thank you for your time. Uh, what I'll do today is this is just going to be kind of a, uh, I'm going to list some films, and with TCM, the great thing about TCM is you will always say, what is that? I haven't heard of it. And I think that's kind of the beauty of cinema. It applies to music. It applies to almost anything, but we'll keep it with cinema and music to where you shouldn't know everything. It would be boring if you knew everything. Um, tomorrow morning for your early birds, uh, a great, as part of the inspirational sports movies uh, program, uh, Field of Dreams, debatable, constantly debatable over what won 1989 Best Picture. Of course, it went to uh, Daryl Zanuck and Lily Feeney Zanuck for Driving Miss Daisy. That was uh, Lily Zanuck's uh, first feature. So it did make her the second woman to win a producing Oscar. Um, but we won't get into that. We won't knock Driving Miss Daisy, but Field of Dreams, beautiful film about baseball. If you get the chance to see this on the big screen, get out and do it. It's worth getting up earlier for. If you miss it, check it out at your local library. I see it all the time. Superb performance by James Earl Jones. Kevin Costner in that teeter-totter time of major, major movie star in Hollywood doing smaller films. And of course, it would this would come just briefly within a year or two of him getting behind the director's chair to make Dances with Wolves, which would bring him two Oscars. Uh, at 9 a.m., we also have Ace in the Hole, 1951 Billy Wilder. Again, this is going to put us right around Sunset Boulevard, which was an indictment of the truisms, myths, legends, uh, I don't want to swear, but the BS of Hollywood, or not Hollywood, but of the media. That's what Sunset Boulevard was, of Hollywood. So this is of the media. Ace in the Hole would set the standard for films like All the President's Men, Network, and even this film we have coming up, uh, Moneymaker, with Jodie Foster directing, starring George Clooney. I think they're going to take some jabs at how the media and the news has become more of a money-making venture than uh, to bring people the news and what's going on in the world. Ace in the Hole, Kirk Douglas, you have to check it out. I would, if I if I had to choose between those two, I'd say take Ace in the Hole on the big screen. Feel the dreams you can find easier in libraries. Great two disc Criterion collection of Criterion collection of Ace in the Hole if you ever come across it. Um, around noontime, we got again two classics playing at the same time. Um, a face in the crowd, Andy Griffith. Um, uh, just 
it's so hard to explain a film. Again, this is uh, uh, director Ilya Kazan and Bud Schulberg had won their Oscar for On the Waterfront, and they decided to expand on Schulberg's short story, The Arkansas Traveler. And this was a ended up being um, a play and has Lee Remick and it's just it's about the guy that kind of gets caught up in the fame of things and in the kind of dark side of having a voice and notoriety and that is so true today that is you you're, I mean we see it all the time with Justin Bieber we see it on the media him getting too into the cars and the girls and the drugs and and it's one of those things that countless rock stars have said you don't know what you do unless you were there a face in the crowd asked some interesting questions. I watched it once. It scared me. It showed me how way too much how the media controls how people think and act. And I love that there's some subversive programming going on here. There is family films, but again, as we always say in films, there has to be everything. Um, on the essentials list, which this is a true essential, no matter how many generations come along or how many people say why talk about it, one Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. I just revisited this again the other day on a Stars Free Weekend channel preview. Uh, Jack Nicholson, of course, got the Oscar. It was his fourth or fifth nomination. He had been up for Easy Rider, Five Easy Pieces, um, King of Marvin Gardens with Bruce Dern, um, The Last Detail. It was his time. Uh, again, 1975, Cuckoo's Nest. Um, what, uh, it's just an amazing film. It, it, it begs the question is, are we psycho or does society make us psycho? Or do people just think we're psycho because they can't handle how psycho they are? You haven't seen Cuckoo's Nest. I highly suggest that that's the next film you see. Whether you can catch it at TCM tomorrow or it's at your library you need to see that as your next film. I don't care what Iron Man 12 or 8 is out there or um, other kind of special movie I put aside. Cuckoo's Nest shows us humanity in the purest form and the most beautiful form. What what a film. Milos Forman also directed People vs. Larry Flint with uh, Ed Norton and Willie Harrelson. And Amadeus, he's a two-time Oscar-winning director, uh, superb filmmaker, came out of the Czech New Wave, uh, European filmmakers in the 60s, um, actually stuck out as a communism country to make films. So we're thankful that that happened, um, well, that he got out, not that, that he had to live in a communist regime. 4 p.m. in the TCM Club, which uh, in the last couple years, they've made it where you have to have a badge so it's not open to the public like it was. It does get pretty crowded. So if you're going to get down there, get down there early. You'll see Elliot Gold, who, of course, to someone my age, would probably be thought of for MASH. He came big in the 70s, had been around a little bit before that. And then many people will notice him as Rachel Green's father on Friends, which by no means is he Rachel Green's father on Friends. Um, he had a long established acting career before that. I can only imagine uh, what Brad Pitt, um, being a 70s fan, film fan himself, must have got out of spending time working with Elliot Gould and knowing him through 
uh, being married to Jennifer Aniston and visiting set and being able to see people that were in your favorite films, guys who had worked with Altman and all that. Um, War of the Worlds, uh, we have a special, oh yeah, and at uh, Elliot Gould, um, sorry, when Elliot Gould will be giving that talk. Then we're going to have War of the Worlds, the original one. Spielberg made a remake five or ten years ago. Um, I didn't personally care for it. It was a little bit too many effects, and it was about a half hour too long, but it was a creepy concept. Spielberg obviously handled the materials. It's not like I would cry bad directing or bad filmmaking. Um, As we move into the later six o'clock hour, we have one of the most epic pieces of art ever to put to be put to film and I can say this even though I haven't seen it because I've seen so many clips of it that I know you only watch it on a big screen I know that TV is like showing you an ant with a tuxedo on Um, the king and I everyone I know whoever got to see it on the big screen when it first came out said that it was like it almost felt like an experience of like you're never going to see anything this amazing again so I'm just you know going to walk off into the blue yonder Um, I've seen just basic clips on TV and I get sucked into the world of it it of course became a play Um, I remember when I was a child my father went and saw uh, Yoel Brenner do it at the Hollywood Pantages, and I remember him bringing home the program and saying this is going to be a collector's item. This was Brenner's last night on Pantages and doing the play. Uh, King and I, your standard 60s epic musical, not standard, sorry, 50s, 60s musical, Sound of Music, West Side Story, big music, costumes, lots of Oscar nominations. Brilliant film. Now, down to two of the films that I have seen and one that I'm going out for, I can't wait to see. Uh, The first one is The Long Goodbye, Robert Altman, the the great subversive director, if there ever was one. Uh, The only man who who managed to work with and succeed so well in the studio system and could not have had more contempt for it. Um, I I think maybe Woody Allen has more contempt for it, but he doesn't work in the studio system that much. So um, Altman, uh, you know, MASH, it is what it is. Um, you have, you know, Altman's one of those directors where you just know you're going to get something. MASH, I have to go back to. I think it requires a certain sense of humor. McCabe and Mrs. Miller was kind of an introduction to a new grittier Western um, coming before Easy Rider and The Graduate, kind of a setup for those times with the studio heads going out. So the long goodbye goes back to your classic noir with uh, Elliot Gould leading. And uh, it's a, based on a Raymond Chandler novel. So it's an interpretation of Private Eye Willip, sorry, Philip Marlowe, who played by Elliot Gould, a man displaced in time. Today, however... The film is viewed as a classic, and Gould's performance is one of his best. Um, genre specialist Lee Brackett, who had earlier adapted Chandler's The Big Sleep, had already started treating the character as an acronym when Alterman signed on. 
partly for the chance to work with Gold again after their work on MASH. So you could see where Gold was doing stuff before Friends. And I love that because that's the beauty of film. It's like they didn't just find these great actors to play Courtney Cox's girlfriend. Now, Bruce Brown, who you should say who because I can't think of any other directors that he, any other films he's made, but this classic, this timeless classic, 50-year print we're going to be seeing here. Um, he's from Huntington Beach, California. He just recently showed this at the Newport Beach Film Festival. It was at a small theater. I didn't even make an attempt to try to go um, because the high school team that he's a part of, they uh, were going to be coming out. So I thought between the team and parents and three or four girlfriends, press isn't going to see this. So it is none other than The Endless Summer, which I'm sure all of you know about, but if for any reason you don't, uh, 50 years ago, a surfer and filmmaker rented a small theater in New York to show the film, a film they had made over the previous year. He didn't have a distributor or even a publicist. He didn't, he, audiences and critics fell in love with the straightforward account of a trip across the world in search of the perfect, perfect wave. Now, this would obviously just be a very well-funded film. Nowadays, they would have Lear jets and they would have trailers and they'd be able to wait for the perfect days and take downtime and have party expense accounts. But this is just two surfers searching for that wave. This is that passion. Don't just find anywhere that you don't cook up with your pancakes and eat it and then one day you have passion. This comes from the soul and root of surfing. It comes from the soul and root of the earth. When you think about it, it's man being in sync with this, just this body of water that engulfs 80, what is it, 80% of our planet. And we are such the minnows when it comes to this ocean. And these guys just take on obscenely big waves that by now you're going to watch and say, oh, well, I've seen why I may have break 40 feet, so this is nothing. Well, this was nuts for the time, and they surfed places where people had never been a surfboard, seen a surfboard. They surfed places that obviously surfers had never been, um, and this film only cost $50,000. Um, if nothing else, the film serves as a beautiful travelogue capturing the beaches and waves of Malibu, Senegal, Ghana, South Africa, Australia, New Zealand, Tahiti, and Oahu. Beyond that, however, it represents surfing culture and most pristine, the surfers, Brown follows Mike Henson and Robert August. They have an innocence and laid back energy that the audience continues to find immensely appealing. There was an Endless Summer 2 made by Dana Brown's son, Dana Brown Jr. in 1994. I remember I cut out of school to see this. I remember where I saw it. Um, not as good, but like usual, we can't expect it to be as good on the second time, and, we, and technology had already taken us around the world. But the effort was there. So if you ever come across Endless Summer 2, I do say it's worth checking out. And finally, as we move into the later time, 
of uh, 9.30 p.m. Rocky and at the TCL IMAX. I'm not really going to get into that one because I mixed. I, every other year, I think it's great and then think it's not. I think it's gritty, had guts. I think the direction was well, but John G. Avildsen was a, you know, was a Ron Howard of the time, someone who was great but would always be looked over by Scorsese. Um, he missed, John G. Avildsen made some great films, got Jack Lemmon his Oscar, but audiences did not seem to resonate with the name. Uh, and Rocky, of course, put Stallone on the map, who surprised us all this last year with an Oscar nomination. And we hope, you know, all good for him. He did, he did have a tough year out, outside of the film business, and we, we, we share good thoughts for anything that's rough, like what he went through. Um, but I've always had an issue with Rocky because it beat Network for Best Picture. And not the Sidney Lumet movie, who I told you had made um, when we were talking earlier. Um, shoot, I'd have to go back and look. I'm sorry. I get so excited that titles slip in and out of my brain here. Um, and then finally, I'm going to tell you about Band of, Out Band of Outsiders. This is 1964. This is a hour and a half movie. Anna Karenina is going to be there. This is a... Jean-Luc Godard once described this film as Alice in Wonderland meets Franz Kafka. Um, there's almost nothing I can tell you about this that won't spoil it other than what Godard did and would pioneer with later filmmakers. I can't think of a single filmmaker who hasn't tried to do something like this, hasn't told me about an idea that they're, they're developing that's like this. Not necessarily a gangster movie, bank robbery, or the guy-girl thing, but the band of outsiders is just filmmakers took to the streets. They shot a movie. Uh, they veered on and off script, and they just went with what came to them and had a cohesive piece of work. There's some choppy edits due to budgeting constraints. There's some choppy edits due to just the way they were making the film. But other than that, if you want to see a cool thing and know that these were people who took some time to rehearse and then said, let's just get out and see where the movie goes based on an outline, not based on sticking to every single exact word that the script supervisor says and the studio okayed, then the writer okayed and the producer is going to fire you if you don't say it. This is just raw filmmaking. This is like, you know, raw farming. The fruit fell off the tree. And I won't even go into how many directors Godard has inspired because it still goes on. We'll never know how many directors he inspired. So with that, I'm going to say thank you to TCM. I hope you've had a great first two days or day and a half. I look forward to seeing you guys out there tomorrow. I'm going to be checking out the endless summer, doing some networking, and just enjoying the scenery and in just engulfing myself in the gratitude of being there at the Hollywood and Highland Center. So TCM, cheers to you. Everyone have a great night. Have a good morning tomorrow. Whether you make it to the festival or you don't, make sure and watch a good movie. 
but we prefer that you make it to the festival to watch a good movie. All the info you need schedule-wise, you can find at tcm.com slash festival. That's T. Turner, C. Classic, M. Movies, dot com slash festival. And that's it for me. See you guys in Hollywoodland. Aloha.